3: And away we go, episode 52 of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is Saturday, May 1st, 2021. Yes, you heard that right. It is Saturday, the first ever Saturday installment of this podcast. The first of two scheduled bonus episodes on this NFL Draft Weekend 2021. Now, I have to ask a question. Do these shows count as emergency pods? When I started doing this podcast, I actually had people say to me, you know, you need to do emergency pods when something big happens, when something monumental is going down. Is it still an emergency pod if the pod was scheduled? Because these bonus episodes are scheduled, you know? So are these scheduled emergency pods that I'm doing right now? Is there such a thing as a scheduled emergency? We'll have to get an official ruling on that. In the meantime, nice to have you on board this episode and the next episode, episode 53, all about the Washington football team draft. This episode 52 focused on what Washington did on Friday night in rounds two and three. The next episode, number 53, will focus on what Washington does on Saturday afternoon in rounds four through seven. So this is not like a normal installment of the Al Galdi podcast. I will not be discussing our other area teams. We'll get back to our normally scheduled and formatted shows on Monday. Though, I tell you what, great to see the Wizards, the Nationals, the Orioles all win on Friday night. And there's going to be a lot to talk about with all those teams come Monday. But no, this episode all about the Washington football team making three picks over rounds two and three On Friday night and also have some additional thoughts on Washington's first round pick on Thursday night, linebacker Jamin Davis. This special installment of the Al Galdi podcast is brought to you by John Grandland, aka John G. You have options, many options when it comes to selling your home. Let me tell you why I strongly recommend that you call John Grandland with Real Broker. John G's numbers do not lie. John G's homes this year are selling more than 40 times faster than average for more money than average and best of all they're selling for 99.89% of asking price. You like that accuracy? 99.89% when John Grandland puts a plan together, you can trust it. You remember what Randy Moss said years ago? Straight cash, homie. Straight cash, homie. Yeah, straight cash, homie. That's what John Grandland puts in your pocket. Just ask James, who was having a hard time selling his condo, and James said the following about John Grainlin, quote, my wife and I would highly recommend John for placing your home on the market. With our previous broker, we had our condo on the market for three months without an offer. In our second attempt to sell our home, we made a wiser decision and chose John. After about a week on the market, we already had two offers. He's a real pro and has a keen understanding of the business and the latest marketing techniques to get a property sold End quote. John Granlund has flexible commission packages, including selling your home for free. Yes, you heard that right. I've been telling you about this. Selling your home for free. Some conditions apply. To learn more, to get the value of your home, visit JohnGSellsForFree.com. That's JohnGSellsForFree.com. Or better yet, give John a call now and tell him that Al Galdi sent you. Understand you calling John Granlund helps this podcast. So you're helping yourself you're also helping out this podcast. The phone number, 703-537-6747. That's 703-537-6747. John Grandland, for all of your real estate needs, and we thank him for being a sponsor of this special installment of the Al Galdi podcast. Great cash, homie. All right, so we'll deal with Washington's picks over rounds two and three sequentially. The Washington football team on Friday night with the team's second round pick, number 51 overall in the 2021 NFL Draft, took Texas offensive tackle Samuel Cosme. And there's a lot to get into with Samuel Cosme, but the number one thing is he is an athletic freak. The latest in an increasingly long line of athletic freaks who Ron Rivera is bringing to Washington. You just think about this offseason, one of Washington's most significant free agent signings, receiver Curtis Samuel, very fast, athletic freak. The guy who Washington took in the first round of the 2021 draft, the Kentucky linebacker, Jamin Davis, athletic freak. The Chilean tight end, Samis Reyes, who we spent some time on a few weeks ago on the podcast, athletic freak. Even an under-the-radar free agent signing by Washington this offseason, this receiver slash return man, DeAndre Carter, athletic freak. And look, guys like Reyes and Carter may not make the team, but Reyes tested off the charts in terms of his athleticism. This guy Carter, he's a small guy, listed as being five eight, buck ninety, but he in March 2015 at the Sacramento State Pro Day ran a four 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 forty yard dash. There's not a question in my mind at this point. Ron Rivera. Is putting a premium on speed and athleticism, and Samuel Cosmi is one of the latest examples of this. So this guy, Kentley Platty, NFL analytics director for Pro Football Network, I actually had him on episode forty of the Al Galdi podcast. He came up with something called the Relative Athletic Score. Been talking about this on the podcast. Relative Athletic Score (RAS) grades of player's measurements at the NFL Scouting Combine or the guy's Pro Day. Uh, and looks at things in, in sort of a contextualized way. So you take these combine slash pro day metrics and you sort of put them all together on a zero to 10 scale so you can compare the guy to his peer group. The idea, it's a good one, is to give context to a player's height, weight, 40-yard dash time, bench press, vertical jump, broad jump, etc. Because every year we're inundated with these measurements and these numbers and it's like, okay, they all sound great, but what do they really mean? Like, what does that mean given that guy's size, given that guy's position? How about this with Samuel Cosmi when it comes to the relative athletic score metric? Cosme, in doing what he did at the Texas Pro Day this past March 11th, because remember, there was no combine this off season due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So Cosme, in, in what he did at the Texas Pro Day, March 11th, ranks, are you ready for this? Number two out of 1,119 Offensive tackle prospects from 1987 through 2021. When you view the athleticism of Samuel Cosmi through the prism of this relative athletic score, which is the best thing out there in terms of trying to make sense of all the combine slash pro day stuff, Samuel Cosme among offensive tackle prospects from 87 through 2021, 1,119 offensive tackle prospects is number two. That's where Samuel Cosme ranks. Cosme at the Texas Pro Day measures being six five and seven eighths and 314 pounds. He ran a 40 yard dash of 4.84 seconds. He had a broad jump of 117 inches. He did 36 bench press reps of 225 pounds. So you start with that. Another athletic freak brought on board by Don Ron to the Washington football team. Cosme was a three-year starter at Texas and was durable. Cosme was a starting offensive tackle for the Longhorns from 2018 through 2020 off redshirting in 2017. Cosme in his 2018 redshirt freshman season started Texas's final 13 games at right tackle. Cosme in his 2019 redshirt sophomore season started all 13 of Texas's games at left tackle. Cosme, in his 2020 Redshirt junior season, started the first eight of Texas's 10 games at left tackle, then opted out of the rest of the season to prepare for the draft. You may have read that Cosme was a three-year starter for Texas at left tackle. That's not true. He was a one-season starter at right tackle and then became a two-year starter at left tackle. So understand he did play both left and right during his time with the Longhorns. But the primary position was left tackle in terms of his two most recent seasons. And Cosme was productive. Uh, these schools, most schools anyway, they keep internal statistics for offensive linemen. Texas does. Cosme, for Texas's internal data in the 2020 season, led the team in total first down slash touchdown blocks with 25. Led the team in total knockdown blocks with 28. Led the team, I love this, in total intimidation slash dominant blocks at 12. And entering his final game had only allowed one quarterback hit, one tackle for loss, and one sack on the season. Cosme in his 2020 Redshirt Jr. season, a key part of a Texas offensive line that helped the Longhorns to some prodigious offensive numbers. Texas this past season averaged 41.3 points per game, fourth best single season scoring average in school history, averaged 6.36 yards per play, seventh best such mark in a season in school history. So Cosme was a part of an overall unit that was productive. Cosme got better as his time at Texas went on. Cosme's pass block grades for pro football focus steadily improved over his three seasons as a player for Texas, 82.8, then 86.0, then 90.7. Now, there are concerns with Samuel Cosme. Uh, there is a perception of Samuel Cosme that he can be soft. Uh, that's concerning. There is a perception of Samuel Cosme that he gives inconsistent effort. That's concerning. And there is a perception of Samuel Cosme that he doesn't consistently live up to his physical gifts. This is a guy who has been blessed with, again, freakish athleticism, but he's maybe not the toughest guy out there, and he's not the most try-hard guy out there. So those are some concerning things. There's no doubt. You know, we've talked about how Washington – Can't keep blowing first and second round picks on character deficient guys, guys who are soft, guys who give inconsistent effort. Those people to me qualify as character deficient people, you know, not in the same way that someone who's guilty of illegal acts does, but you know, they all kind of, to me, belong in the same bucket. And yes, it's impossible to ignore if you're a Washington football team fan, like I am, Samuel Cosme is a second round pick. And we all know Washington has been brutal when it comes to second round picks for years now. Now, of course, does that mean anything? Should that mean anything for what Samuel Cosme ends up being? Of course not. But the curse of the second round pick, if you're saying it's going to continue with Samuel Cosme, you do have some reason to feel that way. However, what I think is so interesting about Cosme, and we'll get to this with Washington's next pick too, is Washington, I think, very clearly took Samuel Cosme with the idea that Washington will get the best out of him because Washington trusts its coaching staff. Washington's offensive line coach is John Matsko. John Matsko was the Carolina Panthers offensive line coach 2011 through 2015 and then actually the running game coordinator 2016 through 2019. But the point is John Matsko worked with Ron Rivera for the entirety of his tenure as Panthers head coach. Matsko has been around the NFL forever. Prior to his time With the Panthers, he served as an offensive line coach for the Phoenix Cardinals, the New Orleans Saints, the New York Giants, the St. Louis Rams, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Baltimore Ravens, and John Matsko has coached up a bunch of very good to even all-time great offensive linemen Over the years, among the many good offensive linemen who Matsko has coached up, even before coming to Washington, Panthers left guard Andrew Norwell, right tackle Darrell Williams, left guard Trey Turner, and center Ryan Khalil. Chiefs guards Will Shields and Brian Waters. Rams tackle Orlando Pace and guard Adam Timmerman. So there is a resume with John Matsko that's pretty hard to top in terms of coaching up offensive lines to say nothing of what happened with Washington's offensive line this past season. It was under Matsko's watch this past year that Washington's offensive line ended up being a lot better than people ever thought it was. Washington's offensive line this past season per ESPN's pass block win rate metric was 14th in the NFL, 58.9%. For all the talk about all of the sacks, that Washington gave up last year. So many of those sacks were on the quarterbacks, not on the offensive line. Washington was actually middle of the pack last regular season in pass block win rate per ESPN. You look at some of the specifics for Washington's offensive linemen last year. Just take a listen to the primary starting five and where each guy ranked in terms of overall grades for pro football focus for the regular season, right? We'll go left to right. Cornelius Lucas, 12th out of 38 qualified left tackles. Wes Schweitzer, 12th. At a 39 qualified left guards, Chase Rulie sixth at of 37 qualified centers, Brandon Sheriff fourth at a 43 qualified right guards, Morgan Moses sixth at a 40 qualified right tackles. All of this happened under the watch of John Matsko. So I think Washington looks at Samuel Cosme and says, "Yeah, there are some things to be concerned about. Yeah, there are some things to be a little worried about. But the physical gifts are off the charts." This is someone who was productive and was healthy at Texas. This is someone who has demonstrated an ability to play at a high level. It's our job as a coaching staff to get that high level to be what we see consistently from Samuel Cosme. And I believe, Ron Rivera believes, that John Matsko can and will do that. That John Matsko will extract from Samuel Cosme the very best of Samuel Cosme. So that's why I think Cosme ended up being the play. You know, Ron Rivera at his Zoom press conference late Friday night, said Washington is going to try out Samuel Cosme at left tackle. Now, does he end up being the starting left tackle come week one? I don't know. You know, Lucas had a really nice 2020. I think people are overlooking that. I would not be surprised at all if Cornelius Lucas ends up being the starting left tackle, at least to begin the season. You also do have to wonder about Sadiq Charles, and maybe he's got something to say about what happens at left tackle. Although, remember, last season, the lone game in which we saw Sadiq was at left guard. Here is what Ron said late Friday night about how Washington is going to deploy Samuel Cosme.
2: Well, we're going to put him out at left tackle and see how he does. Uh, That's what he did in college. He played it very well in college, and that's why we we think he's a really good pick for us because, because of what he does. He's going to get an opportunity to compete, and we'll see how it goes.
3: There's something there with Samuel Cosme, and Washington believes it can get the very best out of him at that left tackle spot moving forward. Now, What's also interesting about Washington's selection of Samuel Cosme is this. Still on the board at the time of Washington taking Cosme with that number 51 overall pick was the Notre Dame linebacker, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. Boy, did he end up falling in this draft. He gets selected with the very next pick by the Cleveland Browns at number 52 overall of the Browns making a trade with the Carolina Panthers. I think very clearly Washington looked at J.O.K., and saw a guy who, yes, is gifted, but also is undersized, and someone who perhaps is going to fall into that Isaiah Simmons trap of of jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none, and we're just not quite confident that he's going to excel in any way at the NFL level. Now, I think Owusu Koromoa is talented, and I think he can excel at the NFL level, but there is the thing with the guy who the Arizona Cardinals took in the first round of the 2020 draft, Isaiah Simmons, the Swiss Army knife type, from Clemson. And he ended up having an underwhelming rookie season. And part of the thinking with that is, well, he's a jack of all trades, master of none. Now, I don't think that that's necessarily true. I think in this past happy NFL, linebackers who can cover matter a lot are extremely valuable. But Simmons did not end up having a great rookie season. And fair or not, I think that hurt Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa in terms of how he was perceived. I will go back to what I talked about at length on Friday's podcast, and that is Ron Rivera played NFL linebacker. Jack Del Rio played NFL linebacker. The histories of Ron and Marty Herney and Martin Mayhew are that those guys have drafted very good linebackers. The Washington football team knows the linebacker position. Like, if this brain trust knows anything, it should know the linebacker spot. And so if Ron et al looked at Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa and just weren't that into him or weren't that sold on him, I'm going to go ahead and trust the process on that one. You know, because again, of all the positions, that's the one position that these guys should be getting right, given their histories and given, again, that Ron and Jack themselves were NFL linebackers who had success. But no doubt, first round, Washington reasonably could have traded up for Justin Fields, didn't do so. Second round, Washington flat out could have taken Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa ended up not doing so. Instead, it is Samuel Cosmi, a guy oozing with talent. You hope the desire ultimately matches that, and you hope that Washington is going to hit on a second-round pick for just the second time in forever. Preston Smith in 2015 is the only second-round hit for Washington over the last decade plus. Otherwise, it is a parade of drek. Devin Thomas, Fred Davis, Malcolm Kelly, Jarvis Jenkins, David Amerson, Trent Murphy, Sua Cravens, Ryan Anderson, Darius Geis. Enough is enough. Please, Samuel Cosme, end the curse. Speaking of ending things, it's time to end the way healthcare is done these days. Patients are becoming more frustrated with today's healthcare system, and you can't blame them. Dr. Matthew Mintz is here to change that. Dr. Matthew Mintz is an internal medicine and primary care physician whose concierge membership practice allows for old-fashioned, personalized care in which every patient is a person not simply a number. So no more difficulty getting appointments, no more long waits in waiting rooms, no more short visits with doctors, no more trouble getting return calls. Dr. Mintz removes the frustration of typical doctor's offices by offering same-day, next-day appointments, 24-7 after-hours access, longer appointment times, and lab work that's done in the office. Dr. Mintz is board certified in internal medicine, has been named one of Washingtonian Magazine's top docs since 2012, recently was named a top doctor by Bethesda Magazine. And if you're wondering about insurance, unlike most other concierge practices, Dr. Mintz can generate invoices for patients that can be submitted for reimbursement by most insurances. Dr. Mince's office is located in Bethesda, Maryland, in the Wildwood Medical Center, just across from Balducci's. He grew up in the area. He's a big Washington football fan. I know he's got a lot to say about what Washington is doing in the draft. He's a regular listener to this podcast, and he offers a free meet and greet, virtually or in person, so you can decide if his practice is the right fit for you. Just go to his website, drmince.com. That's drmintz.com dot com, D-R-M-I-N-T-Z dot com to set up that meet and greet, or you can call Dr. Mintz at 855-646-8963. Tell him Al Galdi sent you. That's 855-646-8963. Dr. Matthew Mintz, internal medicine and primary care physician. Personalized care the way you like it, the way it should be. All right, so the Washington football team had two third-round picks on Friday night, picks number 74 and 82 overall. And Washington, with the first of those picks, took Minnesota corner Benjamin St. Juice. Unique name, unique story. We'll get to that momentarily. But the way that Washington got that pick was from the Trent Williams trade. April 25th, 2020, minutes before the start of day three of the 2020 NFL Draft, Washington announced having traded Left tackle, Trent Williams, finally, uh, to the San Francisco 49ers for a 2025th round pick and a 2021 third round pick. The 2025th rounder was used on the center, Keith Ismail. The 2021 third rounder now has been used on Benjamin St. Juice. As for why, Washington general manager, Martin Mayhew, late Friday night in a Zoom press conference. You
4: know, he really did a really good job at the, uh, senior ball. Really caught my eye there. Uh, but the guy is three. Uh, he runs well, uses his hands, uses length very well. You know, a lot of, a lot of times you see big corners, uh, and they aren't as, as aggressive at the line as they could be. This guy utilizes his length at the line of scrimmage. Does a good job triggering versus the run. Um, he brings a lot to the table as far as his sk- overall skill set and his size. Um, so they're, they're definitely, our, our defense, defensive coaches were very convicted on him and very excited about having him join us.
3: So what stands out as much as anything with Benjamin St. Juice is the size. He's not an overly fast corner. He at the Minnesota Pro Day on April 1st ran just a 4.51 second 40-yard dash, but also at that Pro Day was St. Juice measuring as being 6'3 and a quarter and 202 pounds. Benjamin St. Juice gives Washington size and length at corner. That's not something that Washington has an abundance. You think about the top three corners on Washington. William Jackson the third is listed by Washington as being six feet tall. Kendall Fuller is listed by Washington as being 5'11". Jimmy Moreland is listed by Washington as being 5'11". Now, size is obviously not everything at corner. Technique, speed, that those things matter so much more than size. But you do like to have some size in your secondary. And Benjamin St. Juice certainly brings that to the table. Ron Rivera Late Friday night in the Zoom press conference on Benjamin St. Juice.
2: Yeah, you know one of the exciting things about him is, is his physical play, his physical nature. That's a guy who, who will who will come up to the line of scrimmage and be physical, and a guy that will will tackle. And, and um, you know, I, I, I appreciate who Benjamin is. Um, I think Benjamin brings a, a lot to the table.
3: Yeah, he does bring a lot to the table. Benjamin St. Juice has a very interesting background. So he's from Montreal. He went to high school in Montreal, but he rose to being a four-star prospect for 24-7 sports, ranked as the number 38 corner overall coming out of high school, ranked as the number one player in Quebec. Now, I'm not sure how much that latter fact means, like number one player in Quebec. I mean, that to me kind of seems like you're the nicest guy in prison, but whatever, Benjamin St. Juice. I mean, to come out of Canada, and to make your way to a Power 5 conference program, and actually in St. Juice's case, it's Power 5 programs, that's pretty impressive. Benjamin St. Juice began his collegiate career at Michigan, played his freshman season in 2017, then redshirted in 2018 due to a hamstring injury. He then transferred to Minnesota as a graduate transfer in 2019, played for the Gophers in 2019 and 2020. Now, Benjamin St. Juice had a good 2019. Played in 10 games for Minnesota. Tied for the team lead with 10 pass breakups. But St. Juice in 2020 did not do as well. Played in five of Minnesota's seven games. He, per pro football focus, had an overall grade of just 72.4 and got picked on to an extent by quarterbacks. Quarterbacks when targeting Benjamin St. Juice in the 2020 season for PFF. 11 of 20. Okay, that's not that great. But 11 of 20 for 184 yards, a touchdown. Had no interception so quarterbacks when targeting benjamin st juice this past season averaged more than nine yards per pass attempt the benjamin st juice selection by washington reminds me in some ways of the samuel cosme selection in that benjamin st juice is someone who is flawed there's a reason that he was available in the third round but he's someone who washington believes i believe can be coached up properly by washington's position coach in this case the defensive backs coach chris harris Chris Harris this past season worked wonders for Ronald Darby. Chris Harris's stock is on the rise. The Philadelphia Eagles this past January reportedly interviewed Chris Harris for their defensive coordinator job. But this is a guy who can take people and maximize them. Did it with Darby this past year. Did it with the Los Angeles Chargers as their assistant defensive backs coach for four seasons, 2016 through 2019. It was under the watch of Chris Harris that the Chargers had not one but two first-team all-pro defensive backs in 2018. Rookie safety Derwin James and Desmond King. I mean, think about that. Washington went decades without a single first-team all-pro selection until Brandon Sheriff finally got it for this past season. Remember the drought? Washington had not had an all-pro first-team pick since punter Matt Turk for the 1996 season. That had been the last time Washington had an all-pro first-team selection until Sheriff got it for this past year. While Chris Harris, as an assistant defensive backs coach for the Chargers, presided over two first-team all-pro DBs in the same season, James and King, in 2018. So Washington, I believe, has a very good defensive backs coach in Harris. And that was so needed because there had been this revolving door for Washington at defensive backs coach. Just going backwards, Ray Horton in 2019, Torian Gray 2017 and 2018, Perry Fuel 2015 and 2016, Raheem Morris 2012 through 2014. And there were issues, a whole lot of issues with defensive backs under those guys hopefully Chris Harris has brought not just stability and the end of guys whining and complaining but better communication for Washington on the back end better development of younger defensive backs and the maximizing of defensive backs here's something else too about Benjamin St. Juice he was almost exclusively a boundary corner in college St. Juice in his collegiate career for pro football focus had just seven snaps in the slot versus 740 snaps out wide. So you hear that and you probably say to yourself, well, okay, there's no mystery with how Benjamin St. Juice will be used. Boundary corner. There you go. Ah, not so fast, my friend. Benjamin St. Juice at the Senior Bowl was asked to play some free safety. Was Washington among the teams that asked Benjamin to do that? Here was Ron Rivera's answer to that in his late Friday night Zoom press conference.
2: Well, again, one of the biggest thing is we'll, when we get together, we'll see how everybody fits for us. Um, he does have a skill set. Um, and he also has a, a, a body type that lends itself to, to, to having some position flex.
3: Ah, yes, the phrase that pays when it comes to Don Ron, position flex. But you heard it right there. It doesn't sound like Benjamin St. Juice is going to be only a boundary corner or at the very least is only going to get a shot at only being a boundary corner. And then the third and final pick for Washington on night two of the 2021 NFL draft was the North Carolina receiver, Dayami Brown, number 82 overall. And of the three guys taken by Washington over the second and third rounds, Deami Brown clearly is the sexiest, all right? Samuel Cosme is an offensive tackle. Benjamin St. Juice is a corner. Diami Brown is a burner, at receiver. Another instance of Washington bringing on board more speed slash athleticism. Diami Brown at the North Carolina Pro Day this past March 29th measured as being six feet and five eighths and 189 pounds. Okay, fine. So he's not that big, but he ran a 4.44 second 40 yard dash. Take a step back now and take stock of the speed that Washington has on offense. You signed receiver Curtis Samuel this offseason. He at the 2017 NFL Scouting Combine ran a 4.3140. You, of course, had already on board Terry McLaurin, who you took in the third round of the 2019 NFL Draft. He at the 2019 Scouting Combine ran a 4.3540. You took in the third round of last year's draft, Antonio Gibson, a running back who was a receiver slash running back in college. He at the twenty twenty scouting combine ran a four three nine forty. And now you have brought on board via a third round pick this year, Deami Brown, four 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 forty at the North Carolina Pro Day. Samuel McLaurin Gibson now Brown. The need for speed is being met on the Washington football team offense, an offense that has been so bad at providing the explosive play in recent years, you now are in such a better position to be better at that. Now, are you going to be better at that? Or are you going to have more in the way of the explosive play this upcoming season? Don't know. Need the quarterback play to be a whole lot better than it was this past year and has been over the last really three seasons. But at least now you can say with certainty, you have speed on offense. Samuel, McLaurin, Gibson, and, Brown. and how about the trend here? Each of the last three drafts in the third round, Washington gets a playmaker slash burner. McLaurin in 19, Gibson in 20, diami Brown in 2021. Now, is Brown going to live up to what McLaurin did in 19 or what Gibson did in 20? Like, we don't know, okay? But I tell you what, there's a lot of reason to think that way. And this phenomenon of Washington bringing on board athletic freaks, more speed and more athletic freaks, right? We talked about this earlier in discussing Samuel Cosme. He's an athletic freak. The guy who Washington took in the first round on Thursday night, the Kentucky linebacker, Jamin Davis, athletic freak. Pretty hard to ignore all this. Pretty hard not to see a theme, a pattern, a common denominator. Washington is trying to upgrade itself when it comes to speed and overall athleticism. To that end, here were Martin Mayhew and Ron Rivera late Friday night at their Zoom press conference discussing this infusion of speed and athleticism.
4: Yeah, well, none of those guys were picked, you know, just specifically for their speed. But we, as, as I said yesterday, we do understand that team speed is really important. All those guys that have other attributes that, that uh, they uh, bring to the table uh, that are, are valuable to us. Uh, but, yeah, we, we want to get faster. Uh, we want to get younger. We want to get healthier. That's the purpose of, of the draft, you know, from my standpoint. And, uh, all these guys have, have brought that to the table for us.
2: You know, and I agree with what Martin said. They, they all bring it to the table for us. I, I think the biggest thing, again, when we, we talk about, you know, who we draft, why we want to draft him. It's about fit first and foremost. You know, does he fit with us characteristic, character wise? Does he fit with for us as football players? Um, and, and does he possess the position flex that we like? Or at least I, I believe in. Um, the speed is, is, is part of the athletic ability and, uh, you know, we, we are trying to make a conscientious effort of, 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 playing fast. And, uh, these, these guys that we've drafted, you know, starting, starting yesterday, um, and into today are guys that we believe bring that, uh, bring that to the table.
3: Yes. And you again, heard the phrase that pays position flex. Everyone take a shot. Every time you hear the phrase position flex, but it is something that matters. You want versatility on your roster. There is so much to like about De'ami Brown. He was so productive at North Carolina. Back-to-back 1,000-yard receiving seasons for the Tar Heels over the last two years, 2019 and 2020, which were his sophomore and junior seasons. Brown in his 2019 sophomore season, 51 receptions for 1,034 yards and 12 touchdowns. He averaged 20.27 yards per catch In 2019, and then Brown in his 2020 junior season, 55 receptions for 1,099 yards and eight touchdowns. He averaged 19.98 yards per catch in that 2020 season, during which he was a semifinalist for the Boletnikov award. I mentioned the extent to which Washington has been so lacking in the explosive play. So just look at this past regular season. Washington in the 2020 regular season ranked 31st out of 32 teams in the NFL in explosive passing play rate per sharpfootballstats.com at 6.15%. Alright, sharpfootballstats.com defines an explosive passing play as a passing play for at least 15 yards. Just 6.15% of Washington's passing plays in the regular season were explosive passing plays. 650 total passing plays for Washington in the 2020 regular season, just 40 were explosive passing plays. I mean, that is mind-boggling when you think about that. Like, for comparison's sake, the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they, in the 2020 regular season, had 67 Explosive passing plays. Washington again had 40. Diyami Brown can help to change all of this. Yami Brown per pro football focus on go routes over the last two years, 2019 and 2020, ranks tied for first among all FBS receivers with 15 receptions and eight touchdown receptions and ranked first with 606 yards. So in other words, on go routes over the last two college football seasons, no FBS receiver has been better than Dayami Brown. Again, tied for first among FBS receivers on go routes in receptions and touchdown catches and ranked number one with 606 receiving yards on go routes over the last two years. There's this too with Dayami Brown. Exceptional hands. Dayami Brown for PFF never dropped a contested target in his collegiate career, which consisted of 49 contested targets. You know, some guys do drop the occasional wide open target and Diami Brown was not immune to that, but over 49 contested targets for Diami Brown over his collegiate career, not a single one ended up being dropped. So more from Rod Rivera late Friday night at the Zoom press conference.
2: His catches on contested balls. Um, I think I saw a stat that, that, that said it was, it was very good. It was in the high 90 percentile. Um, you know, he, he's, he's a guy that seems to come down with a tough catch. Uh, he had a couple of concentration drops on some easy balls. But, man, when he competed for it, he went out and got it. Um, I like the way he runs his routes, gets off the line of scrimmage and is able to stack the defender right away uh, and use his speed to uh, keep his body between himself uh, uh, keep the ball between himself and the uh, and, and the defender.
3: And there's this too with De'Ami Brown. He was very much a value pick. ESPN NFL draft analyst Mel Kuyper Jr. on the ESPN telecast of the second and third rounds on Friday night said that he thought that Brown would be drafted in the second round, maybe even late in the first round. Kuyper called the pick a steal. So this very much sets up to be along the lines of McLaurin in 19, Gibson in 20, a third round playmaker, who makes an immediate impact. And I know that's saying a lot, right? I mean, McLaurin has been tremendous over the last two years. Gibson was so productive, really more as a ball carrier than a pass catcher last year. I think there's another level he can get to as a pass catcher. But you've had real impact hits in recent third rounds for the Washington football team. And it's not just McLaurin and Gibson. Kendall Fuller, third round 2016. Morgan Moses and Spencer Long, third round picks in 2014. Jordan Reed, third round selection in 2013. As much as there's the second round curse, there's also been the third round blessing. And hopefully that continues with Benjamin St. Juice and Dayami Brown. And it's going to be very interesting with Brown. I mean, there's going to be competition for Washington at receiver with McLaurin, with Samuel, with Adam Humphreys, with Cam Sims. Remember, you still have Steven Sims. Kelvin Harmon is coming back off having suffered a torn right ACL and torn right LCL while working out Last offseason, missing all of last season, Antonio Gandy Golden hopefully takes a step forward off an injury ruined 2020 rookie season. So you have options at receiver. Hope you're enjoying this special bonus installment of the Al Galdi podcast as we discuss what the Washington football team did over rounds two and three in the 2021 NFL draft. Always anxious to hear your thoughts. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. So I do have for you some day two thoughts on Washington's first round pick, the Kentucky linebacker, Jamin Davis. Um, I think this is probably obvious, but I'll say it anyway. He should be a week one starter and he profiles as someone who can make an instant impact. Did you see some of the reaction to Washington taking Jamin Davis on Thursday night? Booger McFarland, ESPN NFL analyst tweeted quote, Jamin Davis might lead the league in tackles behind that defensive line. End quote. ESPN NFL Draft analyst Matt Miller, he tweeted on Thursday night, quote, early rookie of the year picks after round one, offensive rookie of the year, Kyle Pitts Falcons, defensive rookie of the year, Jamin Davis, WFT. Both are in excellent situations to produce right away. Pitts catch numbers might be low, but TDs will be high. Davis will rack up 150 tackles in that scheme and add a few picks and sacks end quote. Yes, you know, so much of football, right, is about system and fit. Jamin Davis is going to fit in so well on this defense with his speed, with his athleticism, with his ability to tackle. Jamin Davis playing behind that Washington defensive line of Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Matt Ioannidis, Tim Settle is going to have an opportunity to be productive from the get-go. I think that's really exciting with a guy like Jamin Davis. Look, Washington could end up having defensive rookie of the year and back-to-back seasons. Chase Young in 2020, Jamin Davis in 2021. So I do like that too about the Jamin Davis pick. This is not someone who, in theory, you're gonna have to wait around on. This is someone who, from the get-go, should be doing well for you and should be playing a bunch, too. He's got the maturity to handle that. You know, this isn't someone who, like, has to grow. This isn't a Dwayne Haskins thing where you gotta baby him along and, you know, we didn't play a lot in college and you gotta work on the work ethic and you gotta teach him how to be a leader and you gotta teach him how to prepare. No, there's no hand-holding with Jamin Davis. He's a big boy, military family, a guy with an incredible work ethic, a guy who's been blessed with tremendous gifts excellent reputation. Like, no, this is a big boy. This is an adult who's ready to contribute right away. Also, I mentioned this on Friday's podcast. I want to do a little more on it now. So Ron Rivera at his Zoom presser on Thursday night said that Jamin Davis had been the number one defensive player on Washington's draft board. And I took it to mean that Washington had Jamin Davis as the number one player on the team's draft board. It is possible that, that Ron meant that Jamin Davis was the number one defensive player on Washington's draft board at the time that that number 19 overall pick came up. Now that would make more sense, but take a listen to how Ron said it and you tell me what you think. Here was the portion of the Ron Rivera, Martin Mayhew Zoom press conference from late Thursday night, in which Ron said, again, that Jamin Davis had been the number one defensive player on Washington's draft board. Ron says that at the end of this answer, which is addressing the process by which Washington arrived at drafting Jamin Davis. Judge for yourself what Ron was saying.
2: Well, I think it's really about a collaboration amongst a lot of people, um, you know, not just the two of us. And I, I think Martin will tell you, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about these guys. We spent a lot of time uh, individually I spent a lot of time on tape. You know, we had several guys go to his pro day, uh, come back and talk about it. Uh, the coaches did a terrific job. The scouts did a terrific job. And we collaborated when we did our readings. Uh, then we came together uh, this week, right, Martin? And, yeah. and we, we met with the coordinators. Yeah. And uh, we talked to them about their rankings. And, and, and Jamin was the uh, highest player we had ranked defensively.
3: So he says Jamin was the highest player we had ranked defensively. That doesn't sound like he's saying Jamin Davis was the number one defensive player on our board at the time of the pick. I mean, it could be. I'm not trying to say that it's impossible that that's what he meant. I feel like that's kind of an odd way of saying it. Like you would have said, yeah, Jamin Davis was the number one player on our board when our pick came up. Instead, he says, Jamin Davis was the highest player we had defensively. That to me kind of sounds like you're saying he was the number one defensive player on Washington's board, which really is a jaw dropper in a good way if that's true, that Washington got the number one defensive player on the team's board with the number 19 overall pick. Now, it's not as far-fetched as maybe you might think that Jamin Davis would be the number one player on Washington's board. I mean, if Washington thought enough of him that he was at worst the number three linebacker in the draft, it's not impossible to believe that Jamin Davis might have been the number one player on Washington's draft board. There weren't that many defensive players taken before Washington took Davis at 19 in the first round. You had the two corners going back-to-back. Carolina Panthers taking J.C. Horn at 8. Denver Broncos taking Patrick Sertan second at 9. You then had Micah Parsons going to who else? The Dallas Cowboys at 12. The Penn State linebacker. You then had another linebacker, Zaven Collins of Tulsa, going to the Arizona Cardinals at 16. Then you had an edge rusher, Jalen Phillips of Miami, going to Miami. The Dolphins at 18. And then Washington took Jamin Davis at 19. So it's not like completely unfathomable that Washington might've had Jamin Davis as the number one defensive player on the board period. But I I feel like that's interesting and it does matter. Like I would be curious to know that. And the way Ron said it on Thursday night kind of left some room for interpretation. Here's another positive about Jamin Davis that I did not make mention of on Friday's podcast. He has been durable, okay? This is a big thing for me, how durable is a player. I always look at this when especially free agency is coming around. Uh, Jamin Davis has been a pillar of durability. Three seasons of playing at Kentucky, 2018 through 2020, redshirted in 2017. He played in 36 of a possible 37 games. The only game that he missed was due to COVID-19 protocols. And that game was a 63-3 loss at Alabama this past November 21st. And then finally with Jamin Davis, and this is something that I came across months ago. It's something many of you listening probably have come across at some point over the last few months, but it is a quirky, odd connection. Do you know that a quality control coach for Kentucky this past season was Greg Manuski? Jamin Davis during his 2020 Redshirt Junior season at Kentucky had as one of the quality control coaches on the team, Greg Manuski, the former Washington defensive coordinator. He was Washington's defensive coordinator 2017 through 2019, also served as the team's linebackers coach in actually 2001, and then he was back with the franchise as the outside linebackers coach in 2016 before getting promoted to D.C., After that season, Muskie also played for Washington. He was a linebacker for Washington, 1988 to 1990. But like, when we talk about the defensive mess that Washington has been so often in recent years and how needed the likes of Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio were for so many reasons, but you could argue principle among them from an on-the-field standpoint to clean up the mess that had become Washington defensively. And Greg Muskie really has become like a symbol for all that. Greg Minuski, and I guess you could say to a lesser extent, Joe Barry. But Minuski was the defensive coordinator for three seasons. The first season actually wasn't that bad defensively, 2017. Washington was actually top 10 in the NFL in third down defense that season. But the Washington defenses of 2018 and 2019 were embarrassments. And that happened under Munusky's watch. And so I just think it's hysterical that he was, first of all, a quality control coach at Kentucky this past year. Like he went from a defensive coordinator for an NFL team to a quality control coach at the collegiate level. Now I suppose it's possibly did that because he wanted lesser responsibility. You know, Greg Minoski made plenty of money. Maybe he's just looking to keep a foot in the water, but he's not looking to really have anything that's all that serious when it comes to football anymore. So I don't know, but you tell me how often does that happen? A guy gets fired at the NFL level as a defensive coordinator and his next job is that of a quality control coach. Most quality control coaches are, as Jay Gruden would call them, slappies. I mean, Greg Minuski is well past the point in theory of being a slappy, and yet he at least had the role of a slappy at Kentucky this past year. Again, it may have been by his choice. I don't know. But how about that? Greg Minuski, quality control coach for Kentucky this past season, during which Jamin Davis killed it, like hopefully he's going to kill it for Washington for many years to come. All right, guys, look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfer is sometimes three putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you come up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to GetRoman.com slash Al now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care. For ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home, a U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to getroman.com/algaldi and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to getroman.com/algaldi now to get fifteen dollars off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. Getroman.com/algaldi. Get started now to save fifteen dollars on your first month of treatment. All right, that will do it for you and me for now. One day and four rounds remain in the 2021 NFL draft. Enjoy it. I know I have. The Washington football team goes into day three with four picks, a fourth rounder, a fifth rounder, and two seventh rounders. Still possible that Washington takes a quarterback, although obviously that has not happened yet. I'm going to save my fire on that until the draft is complete to see what Washington does And then we can really dive into this because I think this is so telling what's happening. And all this talk about Washington liking this guy and liking that guy, and Washington hasn't taken any of these guys. For all of the talk about Washington liking Justin Fields, liking Davis Mills, maybe liking Kyle Trask, for all of the mocks, that had Washington taking Calamond, Washington could have traded up for Fields, could have taken Trask, could have taken Mills, could have taken Mond, hasn't done any of these things, okay? So what does that tell you about how much Washington liked these guys? Also, what is this telling you about what Washington thinks about what it already has at quarterback in Ryan Fitzpatrick, Taylor Heineke, and Kyle Allen? But again, let's let the draft conclude. Let's see what Washington ultimately does end up doing At quarterback it was kind of interesting right the run on quarterbacks that we had on Friday night Trask Mond and Mills all going over the course of four picks numbers 64 through 67 Tampa Bay Buccaneers took Trask in the third round at pick number 64 overall the Minnesota Vikings took Kellen Mond in the third round of the draft with pick number 66 overall that could be interesting with Kirk Cousins as the starter. And yes, I did see the video of Robert Griffin III, who's no longer in the league, uh, working as an analyst for Bleacher Report, throwing shade on Kirk Cousins when talking about the Vikings having taken Kelamund. I mean, Robert and Kirk hated each other. I think everyone knows that. But the fact that Robert's out of the league and he's throwing shade on Kirk, who's still in the league, making a ton of money and has been a QB1 for years. It's, to me, it's just laughable. I just I got such a kick out of that. Way to go, Robert.
1: For me, I go out and I play. I know I'm the best quarterback on this team. I know I, I feel like I'm the best quarterback in the league.
3: Yes, thank you, Robert. Uh, we know, we know. Uh, also the Houston Texans took Davis Mills in the third round with pick number 67 overall. But Washington took Samuel Cosme at pick number 51. Trask, Mond, Mills were all there. Washington didn't touch them. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me the Al podcast at yahoo.com. I know we have a lot of new listeners coming on board with it being Draft Weekend. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing to the podcast. That doesn't cost you anything. We pump out new episodes every weekday, Monday through Friday, out by 5 a.m. Talk DC Sports like no other podcast or show does. Also, if you can give the podcast a five-star rating and write like a one-sentence review, that helps out the podcast so much as well. Have a great rest of your Saturday, and I'll talk to you on bonus episode number two on Sunday.